I in fact remember like I think I lied to one two people that I was like 27 or 28 or something like that just to give me some credibility. You hear stories about you know how like oh it's just going to be this actor talking to a light stand and you're going to have to do it that way and the celebrity will only come when it's their line. So even yeah. if it was Kajol ma'am she would come and give lines for somebody else. I don't know if this is public knowledge but they didn't charge us for the film. Hi Priyanka, how are you? I'm very well, Bani. How are you? I am good too. Thank you for sparing your time and of doing course. this for us. Of course, I'm very excited. So I have to start, of course, with the movie that you've won a film fair for, right? We can't talk to you and not talk about Devi. And I have to admit that when I first saw, uh, I actually first saw the film before I ever met you. So I remember watching it and just. crying hmm. of course and i think that's an emotion that many people may have shared with you because it was just such a compelling film and it almost made me feel a little uncomfortable and it made me realize that writing that mustn't have been easy either so you know what did you feel or how do you feel when you write such hard hitting real time stories Yeah, I mean it is common. I think what you're saying, a lot of people have told me that they've cried uh, when they've seen it, and I think while that's flattering, I also don't know how to react to it because I feel like when I was writing it, I didn't really think that I'm dealing with. Um, I I didn't really write it in a way where I knew what kind of reaction I want to get out of the audience. I think I wrote it in a very impulsive way hmm. because over several months I'd been coming across cases in media and reading about them and. you know of course after a point in time i think any woman will relate that you don't read too much also because then you get scared and then you start getting yeah. very angry and on edge and all of that so it's also not good beyond a point to know every single thing but i was in a phase maybe where i was reading a lot yeah. and i kind of very impulsively wrote it it's not really something i can say that i plan to write but i do think about what i'm going to write for several months before i write it and then it comes out in a very like literally like a diary entry like in a very like you know, a journal like a journal literally yeah. and the first draft comes out like that and then after that you can go back and try and put some structure to it and make it a little more impressive and you can try and do all that but the yeah. first draft is always very for me very raw so um it was not an intention that at this point i want someone to cry or anything like that i just wanted to tell the story and i think the theme is such that you will cry so but did you feel uncomfortable writing it um I think I did at several points when I would read the actual cases because mm. you know writing a story is very different it's like a depiction of reality but the reality is so much worse yeah. that you're almost like how do I depict this in a way that it's palatable for the audience because you know to just bombard them with the facts and the statistics I didn't want to do that yeah. I wanted to write like a fiction piece um so yeah I think at a very subconscious level I'm sure it did something to me but I can't say very you know kind of on surface how it really felt hmm also you worked with really seasoned legendary actors right and you were what in your 20s when you shot this i was 23 23 so you're 23 and you're shooting with kajol and neha dupia and shruti hasan and like neena kulkarni were you intimidated at all I was heavily intimidated like I think that is the most lost I've ever been on a set because I just couldn't believe first of all why people of their stature want to do a short film hmm. why they want to do my short film 
why they are there doing such a great job like it was imposter syndrome types times 10 hmm. you know so i think i was very lost and disoriented and in the middle of all that i was trying to direct and do the best i can with my script so it was it was that i think it was pretty unbelievable for me when it was happening so you were nervous on set so i mean literally i started with a reading with the actors about 2 3 days before the shoot and i was so scared i i remember writing a proper script as to how i will introduce myself you know what i'll tell them about the project because they were giving me such a big um opportunity by being a part of it right wow. so i think so you went like hi you wrote it down hi i'm priyanka banerji I'm 23. La la la. Is I that... didn't say I was 23 at <laughs> any stage because I didn't think it would help me at all. Yeah. I in fact remember like I think I lied to one two people that I was like 27 or 28 or something like that just to give me some credibility because I thought it'll. I was actually going to get to that. Like, did you feel at all like there was some sort of ageism around you because you were obviously possibly the youngest other than the little girl who comes in the end. Yeah. Weren't I, you one I of the was... youngest people? I was but actually I didn't feel any ageism I think the industry is very fair like that so the you do um you know get as much respect as as much work you've done mm. so you know even if you're a young director but if you've done a feature before you've done something like that before people trust you as per whatever your previous work was but up until that point I'd only done very indie short films that you know I had run around and produced and done them myself and i explained that very honestly to the actors as well i remember and said that this is my first venture of scale hmm so uh, while i'm very excited i will need like your support because you know i've i've kind of everything before this has been very indie for me and they were very understanding about that so i think that was nice do you remember like some like funny or sweet incident that happened on set I mean uh set basically was two days of massive stress <laughs> because it was yeah. two days is not a lot to shoot a film like that even though it is just inside a room just because of the sheer level of celebrity yeah. and also the fact that you know two days can be a lot on an indie film set but when you have you know mainstream a list actors you know they also need to be given their time and it, there there was a lot it's a very verbose film there's a lot yeah. going on in terms of the talking so i was quite stressed with getting things done but i just remember all the actors kind of coming so prepared um you know just uh, literally being there like rehearsing it like a play you know they were literally mm. treating it like a play they would come in and give lines for somebody else Uh, all of that so there was never a point where and even though there are you know in film even though there are a lot of individual shots of actors at no point were they just taking cues from an ad mm. you know they would take cues from the actor whose line it is so even yeah. if it was kajol ma'am she would come and give lines for somebody else so stuff like that was very heartwarming to see i feel like because i didn't expect it maybe yeah. for whatever reason you hear stories about you know how like oh it's just going to be this actor talking to a light stand and you're going to have to do it that way and the celebrity will only come when it's their line yeah. but it wasn't like that so i think that was very cool everybody came with a spirit of let's get the film made you because know, they must have been convinced by the script right they also agreed because they loved what they read yeah pretty much and i mean i don't know if this is public knowledge but they didn't charge us for the film So really? nobody charged for the film much a, a proper fee definitely not even close to what they would regularly charge because i think it was wow. about let's get the film made we are trying something ambitious that it's nine um, you know actors together in a frame and i would say they were convinced by the script but they were also very convinced by our producers um, niranjan ayengar and uh, ryan stephen hmm. so you know they were very very kind of also brought on board by the fact that 
the producers had conviction in my script so i think it was also it was a lot of factors um so yeah but what a great collaborative effort then yeah. to put this out there yeah. and then get the reaction that you did and including the reaction what you won was a film fair <laughs> yeah how did that feel uh very surreal actually because i think i mean what would i have been like uh, 24 25 So you really don't of course everyone wants to win a film fair everyone wants to win an oscar when you come into the industry i think at some no matter how cool anyone's trying to be at some subconscious level you want that validation right so of course even i wanted it but i don't think i ever thought it would happen so early like that was a very very big uh, surprise to me and i think it was very like in the moment i think it was very surreal and i was like okay it's happened and again imposter syndrome times 5 yeah. like just because when these things happen early or a bit like do i really deserve it is this like a fluke is this whatever so it took me like now i can tell you that i do deserve it because yeah. it was a good film you know yeah. and i can say that now confidently but back then it was very like if it's happening let me just kind of you know go with this wave it yeah. was it was like that but how is it for you because even you wanna dada saheb falke right so how yeah. is that You know I have to be honest so I know you didn't have like a proper ceremony because your film fair was during covid, COVID right yeah. uh, I had a proper ceremony and much before that I got an email mm. and I remember I was on holiday with my family and I got an email and I just read it and I was like come on this has got to be like a joke yeah. right as you said imposter yeah. syndrome pro max I'm yeah. like <laughs> what is this you know why would anyone and i got it for women empowerment right and again i was 26 that yeah. time and i was just like 26 saal mein kisi ko koi kyun bolega you are empowering women wo bhi aisi organization matlab amitabh bachchan has won a dada saheb phalke yeah. award na main kahan usme aati hu so i actually asked someone from my office to check if this was a legit email if i didn't get it from some like rubbish you know sort of scamster <laughs> and uh, then when they said that you know no this is real and it's happening then of course you get an invite to the ceremony but i think i was feeling like rubbish that day in particular so i felt like nothing so first i didn't believe it and on the day i felt like nothing and i went there and i remember i won it the same year as raftar won it and he was also around me sitting next to me and i just said oh this is kind of cool but i'm kind of not understanding how i'm feeling about it and again in hindsight retrospectively you know when people have kind of said Oh my god you won this award now as you're saying i can say i feel like oh it was a big deal and i think women empowerment is so big i don't still say i deserve it i think i have a very long way to go but i feel great about it so now i feel great about it but that day i didn't and it made me realize that you have to live in the moment yeah you know you can't let some small thing ruin how you're feeling about something else you have to be able to almost compartmentalize your feelings because yeah. your personal and your professional lives should be separate yeah so you know like if i've had a bad day then it should not make me feel like uh you know i don't deserve something professionally yeah. that day so yeah. i also learned a little something yeah from that experience but uh, and these kind of things are such a at no point i think can you take it too seriously because there's such a confluence of um, opportunity and hard work and all that but a lot of luck also and 100%. you know just i mean it it was a good day maybe a good year 
for us uh, because I, I also feel like a lot of people work very hard and make great things and they don't necessarily win these awards and that doesn't necessarily de you know reduce the value of the work that they have done so I think it's great if you know I won it or you won it or and I think in the moment you should smile and be grateful and, and move on but but moving on is very important because it's yeah. it doesn't mean that it's a badge of you know now you are certified a uh, champion and you need to absolutely. stop working now like it doesn't absolutely doesn't work like that literally the next day you have to be like okay now what next yeah, let's work on the next exactly. project let's do something you know else that's different that's yeah. impactful actually yeah. um speaking of impactful you know the work that you've done till now has largely been a reflection of society you know whether that's devi whether that's dayalu whether that's the recent musical that you did, which was We Break Up Because of Family Reasons, right? Which was quite lovely. I actually watched it. Um, have you thought of doing something that's just pure fiction, something that's almost utopic? Yeah, I mean, you know, pure fiction's really been the plan A from the start. I became a filmmaker to do pure fiction. So I feel like uh, Devi, I would not say, of course, is not utopic by any, by any measure, but it is a pure piece of fiction based on uh, fact, I would yeah. say. Uh, but I've been a fiction filmmaker from the beginning. I think I just got during the time of COVID because, you know, you have to realize that Devi came out at the beginning of March, um, right before the lockdown, the very first lockdown. So I feel like I didn't quite ride the wave of doing that and immediately doing fiction. I think mm -hmm. I moved into, because of course at that time as a, as a young artist, there's a lot of insecurity as well. For two, three months, we were all, you know, in our homes and I was like, I've just made this great film. What am I going to do next? I have no idea, um, you know, and, and when I mean great, I don't mean, I mean in the sense that there's been a great reception. So I've got that it's okay. opportunity. It, it was a great film. Just say it was. <laughs> no, I just mean that we'll it, was, it got that reception, right? Yeah. So it's also about, you know, I made something which people care about and shit, now we've gone into lockdown. Now can I say shit? Of course yeah. you can. Okay, sorry. You can but say whatever <laughs> you want. So yeah, so I was like, oh no, why now, right? And it's the most privileged possible way to think of it. But anyway, and then of course my mind got distracted by actually dealing with the lockdown and dealing yeah. with COVID and all yeah. of that. But when that ended, I feel like I was a little more like, let me do commercials. Let me do a lot of stuff that will keep me working. Hmm. And that sort of extended into now, possibly two years of having done that. Hmm. So I really now I'm itching to get into doing my feature, to doing more long form sort of fiction, because that is really my passion. And I got into this profession to do that. So yeah. while commercials are great and music videos are great and all of that is you know very it's also quick validation because you shoot over a couple of days it's out in a couple of weeks you have that sense of you know things that I'm writing are getting made it's also financial security yeah absolutely. I mean at the end of the day when you're making a feature film um, it takes a lot of time yeah like from the inception to the time it's released yeah. and you you know uh, of course you get paid when it's done but then the reception that comes after the release the gestation period is very very long yeah. in filmmaking yeah. right so Absolutely. it's very important then to also have i feel like side projects that just keep the show running yeah and you know also give you diversity of thought yeah right so i think it's great if that's what you've been yeah, doing like so far. To, to give you an example with Devi, we greenlit. I got the green light and my producers told me they'd like to make it in December 2018, Jan 2019 or yeah. so. We shot the film in October 2019. It came wow. out on 2nd March 2020. That's for a short film. Oh, wow. So imagine if I was not doing anything else and I was just waiting by the phone 
for Devi to get made, you will go a little bit nuts. And I, I do feel like a lot of people who only do fiction, then they have to pick up a lot of projects which are not necessarily the best. Yeah. Just because, of course, ghar chalana, you can't mm. just be waiting for three years to get your film made yeah. or whatever. So I picked commercials uh, running my production company as a way to keep busy, to keep practicing to be on set, be a, be a director and uh, see now if I had to make a fiction project, I'll be so much more confident because yeah. I've had these True. years of work in between. Yeah. Um, and dealing with clients, all of that, it teaches you a lot. It, yeah. it really teaches you a lot of humility actually as a, as a creative person because you get so much feedback and you have to deal with it and yeah, so. So you know, interestingly, because you're also a writer, um, I had seen this, you know, interview of Kanan Gill where he said that for him, writing is like coding because mm. he's an engineer mm. and you know, somebody asked him like, what is your process of writing? And he said, you know, I can't wait to be struck by creativity. Mm. And for me, I sit every day with a certain discipline and like I would code or, you know, any engineer would code, I write. What is your process of writing like? So honestly, um, Karan Gill's process sounds ideal and it sounds <laughs> like what I should be doing, yeah. but it's not what I do. I feel like when I write every day or you know this atomic habit style of trying yeah. to put creativity also into a habit and I do I do understand where people come from when they do that but I feel like for the projects I'm really passionate about it becomes a bit mechanical for me to write every day hmm. uh, I do something creative every day so that's not it's not like I'm just you know spending the day Netflixing all day like that's not that never happens yeah. every day I'll write something even if it's something very small even if it's for a client I'll use my creative juices, but I won't necessarily write, um, you know, a, a film or something like that every single day because I feel like I have seen over time when I have tried doing it that the quality of my writing is not so great. Hmm. So a lot of people treat writing like labor, that yeah. every single day reach, do the job. And there are a lot of great writers who've done that. But then there are a lot of writers who also say that writing is supposed to be fun and don't do it like a chore. Um, so for me, actually, I write very fast. So mm. for me, if I have a week to just let the idea gestate, I can write very quickly in the next week. So I don't necessarily need to write every single day. Like that works for me. I, I felt like I write my most authentic work when I'm in a flow. Yeah. So writing bit, bit, bit me every day, it gives me a sense of satisfaction that I wrote for 30 minutes. Hmm. But it, the quality is a lot better when it's a little more erratic. Hmm. <laughs> so I think that's how it works for me. But it, for very, very long, I wanted to have this kind of discipline, like what he's describing. Uh, but maybe because, you know, he's also worked um, you know, in a company for a while yeah. from what I know and all of that. So maybe, maybe that's why there is already that discipline in yeah. place. And now he's, he's just always working in a structure. Correct. correct. Yeah. So for me, I don't think I've, I've quite liked structure from the start. So I've been a little bit Fair more enough. like, even with running my company, I think as much as possible, I, I would like every day to be different every day to have that freedom of change, you know? So, mm. yeah. So, uh, tell us Priyanka as a writer, um, have you seen like any one scene of a movie where you've just felt like, wow, this is really impactful and I wish I would have written it? Mm. Right. So there are more than, I mean, I can tell you entire films that I wish I had written. Yeah. But um, I'll tell you a couple of scenes maybe here and there. So I feel like in, um, I mean, to me, one of the really good Hindi screenplays that I wish I had, I had something to do with really is something like Dil Chata Hai. 
I think mm. that's a great, great script. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of, almost all of Zoya Akhtar's work, I think, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, there's also a film I love called Little Miss Sunshine which hmm. uh, I don't think a lot of people have seen but still it's a it's a great film and I mean actually a lot of people would have seen it because it's like an Oscar winning screenplay uh, but there is a lovely scene in the first half of that film where they just introduce all the family members it's a story of a dysfunctional family and the way it's written is so natural and 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 amazing um there's also a film called Manchester by the Sea where there's uh you you've seen it yeah, yeah. everyone gets that look on their face when yeah, they've yeah, seen yeah, it yeah, is yeah. like yeah, yeah I've seen it you know I got depressed yeah. for like days yeah but there is a scene in that where Casey Affleck's character and um, Michelle Williams have an interaction with each other after having, I mean, not to not put out spoilers, but there's a big tragedy that happens in their lives and they meet after a very long time. That scene actually, I think, probably has five lines in it, but the way it's written is is beautiful. So I'm a big fan of like using lesser words to say more. Hmm. Um, I really like that. So I think these are a couple of like great uh, scripts. I think all of Inside Out, the Pixar film I mean it's just one of the most brilliantly written screenplays yeah. you pick up any scene from there it's amazing yeah one of my favorite films totally agreeing with you on the Zoya Akhtar universe right of course Dil Chata Hai was iconic and I remember also that butter knife scene in Dil Dharakne Do I was just like you know I know a manav I yeah. know a mother-in-law who's like yeah. this lady right and I know parents who don't want their kids to separate just because they're like अरे प्यार नहीं तो क्या चलेगा शादी टेनिस खेलते हो सब सही है यू नो शॉपिंग नहीं कराता क्या सो यू नो दीज पीपल राइट एंड आई फाउंड दैट मूवी इन पर्टिकुलर जस्ट वेरी इम्पैक्टफुल इवन समथिंग लाइक गली बॉय विच इज सच ए डिफरेंट एनवायरमेंट एंटायरली बट आई वुड से दैट शी डेंट रिली डील विथ इट इन इन अ वेरी लाइक सैनिटाइज वे यू नो इट वॉज स्टिल आई थिंक प्री रॉ एज मच एज इट कुड बी एंड ऑल ऑफ दैट सो या I mean, I I love her films. I loved in Gali Boy where you know how up until now, of course, we've always heard the three main things that people need: a roti, kapra, makan. Hmm. And you know, he actually writes on, you know, while they're uh, doing the graffiti, he writes roti, kapra, makan, Wi-Fi. Hmm. And I'm like, wow, that is the new India, yeah. right? Yeah. Everybody now is looking for this is now the Absolutely. new set of necessities of today. And again, I hadn't thought of that. and i think that is why reema kakti and zoya akhtar are just yeah. geniuses yeah. in their field you know what is your favorite movie i know you can't have one it's impossible right yeah. but okay just give us like top 3 chal top 3 okay so my top 3 just at the top of my head um would be like i said inside out i think hmm. it's one of the greatest and animated films are very underrated so i think it's a beautiful beautiful concept screenplay all of that um i think revolutionary road has to be one of them as well Class. very depressing and all my choices are a little bit like that yeah. um i think manchester by the sea is hmm. a beautiful film give some um, hindi no hindi yeah i think hindi mein bhi bahut hai but you know with hindi i often don't know whether i love it for the craft or i love it for the time in my life when i was watching it yeah <laughs> because we are very emotionally linked with our hindi films i don't yeah. think it's we don't see it from that far gaze of intellectually what is the craft of this film you know yeah. you're watching it because you love those stars you love so many things but i think dil chahta is a, a great film uh, one of the really i mean i love haider 
um, Vishal mm. Bharat, a lot, everything Vishal Bharat watch. So I have filmmakers, jiski full filmography I love. Mm. You know, um, of course Anurag Kashyap. I, I think. was going to say Gangs of Vasipur. Yeah, Gangs of Vasipur is incredible. Films. Ugly is incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, there are just so many, so many amazing films. I think for me, if I had to really think about it, I also like films where. You know, these may not necessarily sound like very cerebral films, but they are my go-to films. So, like something like Bridget Jones' Diary yeah. or Five Hundred Days of Summer. Yeah. You know, just because it's not an art house sort of film yeah. in, in in our general perception, it doesn't mean it's not a great film, and it yeah. doesn't mean it's not a film you don't revisit again and again. So, yeah. I think these are a lot of my uh, favorites. But again, it's really about the time in my life. and it's very emotionally like i think linked so you yeah. can't really decide what is the best film yeah because you know like when we think of movies in the 90s yeah. right of course there's so much casual sexism now we know better yeah. to know that oh that was so sexist right? right like in govinda films you know sometimes he would just kind of um be how can i say Like it, so much that was done was not consensual, yeah, almost, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, whether it's even the Barjatiya movies where you know the girls are serving the men who are sitting and the guys saying that they just घर में लड़कियाँ खाना खिलाती हैं वो घर स्वर्ग है and <laughs> some bullshit like that, right? And just you know so much, not even casual, sometimes obvious sexism. Do you view it as that, or is it just still an emotion, or can you separate? from let's say your intellectual side when you watch these old cult classics and still enjoy them so you know i think i want to preface this by saying that i really believe that 70% of the people out there are with good intention hmm. and nobody is trying to be purposefully sexist purposefully misogynistic i'm not saying that there isn't a 30% that yeah. believes in that and will do it even if it hurts sentiments yeah. there is that which is a little more malicious there is that group of people but i feel like 70% of the people are simply reflecting what they have seen growing up they are simply reflecting what's around them i think you have to understand that 70s to i would say 90s a little bit maybe 80s not 90s but up to the 80s it was a time where the only women on set was the actress and the actor actually female actor and the makeup artist and the hair person that you don't you didn't have a time of female dops yeah. female editors female screenwriters you didn't have a lot of that so naturally the general idea of what a woman was was very different then and they were i mean these were men writing female parts yeah. and reflecting the women that raised them and the women that they have at home Yeah. So, usme whose fault is it really? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, could they have, you know, kind of uh, tried to write? Because then you also have films like Arit or things like that, which were, you know, in that same, I think, roughly in the eighties and and very forward and yeah. progressive. But then those were considered more art house. Yeah. The commercial sentiment was more like this. So I really don't think you can say that anyone was trying to be purposefully sexist. Having said that, if those same filmmakers now, in hindsight, look at that. and know that it was sexist misogynistic but don't change it in their current work then i think that that's a that's a problem yeah. uh, but i really do think that a lot of it even though the effect of those films was um, you know not the greatest and could be harmful yeah. i don't think the intent it was made with was harmful it was yeah. more like this is what we know this is what yeah. we've seen and you know the film industry like any industry it responds to what is consumed so Uh, I think we also have to take some responsibility that society does consume those films, and 
will watch those films more than a than a more uh, you know female led narrative or where the female characters are more nuanced yeah the audience is not watching those as much now they are yeah because they're exposed to so much more content but back then they weren't so i i do think it's also um, is a lot of factors so yeah. i really don't believe in like saying that oh these creators were sexist and they wanted yeah. to spread a sexist message i think that's very simplistic Fair. way of looking at it yeah. so yeah also like even today I love dancing to to cheese by Emma Stone, but I'm like, oh, the, I don't want to call yeah. a woman cheese. Like yeah. that, that's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Like, nostalgia also has exactly. like such a big role to play. But we still enjoy those movies. But you're still like, ha, abhi aise nahi banni chahiye. We know better now. Yeah. Society has evolved. Yeah. And I think the kind of content that people want to consume today has also evolved. Yeah. So I think now the kind of movies like I thought Thappar was such a brilliant yeah, film. Absolutely. And for the first time, somebody came out and said like, you know how I feel almost like before domestic violence was just taken very casually, even in movies, yeah. in the representation of it. Yeah. And how this one woman stands up and says that was enough for me to say. I don't want to be in yeah, this relationship. Even just one slap. Yeah, just one slap. And then, of course, even when she realizes she's pregnant, she doesn't want to go back to him. Yeah. You know, so uh, I think as our society is evolving, filmmaking as a result of that is also evolving because I think that people don't want to consume that kind of yeah. content anymore either. Correct. Correct. So, just speaking of filmmaking, what do you think is the most challenging part of it for you personally? The writing. the writing the most important because if you know if you consider a film to be like constructing a building yeah okay the blueprint is the script hmm. and that is the most difficult part in fact for me um i am so much more excited sometimes when people come to me with a direction project because i'm like ye ho jayega Hmm. because there are so many departments there are so many people that can honestly make you look good i feel like i'm giving away a trade secret of of directors but writing is truly difficult and writing a truly original piece of work yeah. is very very difficult because that is a you know it's like mental architecture that's the only way i can explain it you have to build a yeah. world that's complete in itself that makes sense that is um you know kind of good enough for multiple departments to work off of it yeah. and to be able to con- construct their work on this yeah. so i think it was zoya akhtar who said actually in an interview she said that a filmmaker that like a me- like even a mediocre filmmaker can get away if they have a great script yeah but if you have a bad script even the best filmmaker cannot elevate it beyond the yeah. point so the script is just crucial it's the entire foundation and it's the part that intimidates me the most because i think the minute you sit to actually write you come face to face with your own um mediocrity <laughs> but then when you overcome it yeah then it's that much greater like i think when everyone on set is holding something you've written and working off of it and highlighting it and then then that 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 high is something else entirely so yeah. yeah okay now we can't not talk about the famous or the infamous rather n word oh which God. is nepotism <laughs> so you know you of course don't come from any background in filmmaking of yeah. course you're entirely self made and you could be considered what is called an outsider in this world right what is your opinion on nepotism how do you feel about it because it's so widely discussed yeah do you think that um, other people who let's say work it's or filmmakers have had it easier what is your feeling on the fact that it's been easier for them if at all you feel that way how do you feel about it right so i think that it's a reality 
um let's not deny it and i think that it's it's there i mean especially when it comes to the actor part of it so the people yeah. who are in front of the screen um but also because you know for a large amount of time the audience was also interested in watching bollywood pedigree they were curious they were curious they yeah. wanted to know and at, at a certain point of time actors were not as exposed as they are today in social media they're so exposed now right yeah. but earlier it it was a matter of curiosity to know um, you know what such and such star's son is going to be like on yeah. screen right and i think that you know a lot of the industry fed into that and um, now of course i don't think it's as much like that so you may get that first opportunity but if at not if not at least 50% of the people are sold on your performance and like you as an actor i don't think it's possible for you to get multiple projects after that hmm. so i know a lot of people say in nepotism that yeah but why are actors who are not so talented getting multiple opportunities and stuff like that i just don't think that um you know i really feel it's an industry where people will not completely deny the commerce of it so if there is an actor that you subjectively feel is not good and not deserving but there is somebody out there watching them yeah and easily they are getting chances it's hmm. not entirely because um you know there because i don't think you can stretch that card of this is who my parent is after a point yeah. there is a point after which you Fair have enough. to you have to prove yourself and at least in the current environment i feel like it's ironic because right now nepotism is getting spoken about the most but it's also the probably the time where the industry is the most merit oriented Hmm. So it's a weird dichotomy because I I know for a fact that there are people who will get opportunities faster than I would and it's possible but it's also not impossible for me if I wrote a truly great script to get it made. Hmm. So it's a weird time I think and there's a lot of um, you know a lot of things have gone into flux. I feel like the industry is trying to figure what it is because a lot has changed people's tastes have changed and in the middle of all that the nepotism thing uh, you know has gotten really really big yeah uh, but yeah i would say that it is also somebody like me who has no background um you know and i haven't made my feature yet of course but even for a short film like devi you know one can argue that something like devi required a lot of connections to yeah. get made right yeah. and which i didn't have of course i mean i had literally started a crowdfunding campaign for devi which had run for a total of maybe like not even one day and i literally it was just luck that i met my producers and they were like stop the crowdfunding campaign because i had started it i had set it up i was going to make it live and uh, so i was there that you know i'm going to raise the money to make yeah. the film so having yeah. uh, kajol ma'am or people like that not even a aspiration because it's so not possible yeah. so i feel like if something like that can happen for me clearly there is a sect which is um, merit oriented and yeah. it's a, it's a large section so yeah I, it's about what you choose to focus on and i choose to not focus on that part the i think part. i think that's brilliant and that's a great approach to have because yeah. you know why constantly victimize yourself yeah. because of you know uh, nobody chose who they were born to i didn't either and of course we all want to make the best of the opportunity that we have i think people are mostly upset because um, children of stars are just not cognizant of their privilege yeah you know i think if they would just take ownership of it and not defend it so vociferously and just say not say dumb stuff like oh my dad was ne never came on coffee with karan abhi ye mat bolo you know yeah. you got your first chance because you know your uncles and aunts whatever i have met people because of my father and it's not that i am uh, let's say in the place that i am in our company uh 
just based on merit. Of course, I've worked really hard, but I'm extremely cognizant of, you know, my privilege. So I think that if these kids who are not even like talentless, they are talented, just acknowledge their privilege yeah. and are just more cognizant of it, they would be more respected and then this would stop being as big a discussion as it is today, yeah. right? Like, I think that would just be fine because someone like you, I mean, you were 17 when you did your first assignment with Johnson & Johnson. So, you didn't get work, but then of course, let's say a star kid, if they want to be a director, they might find the connections a little easier and when they are questioned, they should just accept that and we'll just try doing justice to what we have. Yeah, yeah. You know, that would just make them seem more humble and more aware yeah. of their privilege. Aja, speaking of now, you were 17 when you did Johnson & Johnson, ka, uh, when you had them as a client. Yeah. When I was 17, I uh, was just thinking what college to go to. So, <laughs> like, how was that experience? You were so young and you had this, like, large conglomerate as a client. What, what was that feeling like? Um, you know, so actually when I was 17, I think I was very entrenched in theatre at that point and uh, my mum had actually, see speaking of nepotism, my mom had been an HR head for multiple companies through her career and she had seen a gap in the market which was very interesting I thought, which is that a lot of corporate India, especially at that time, around that 2014-2015 was making that giant wave towards diversity and inclusion. And yeah. We need to have conversations around that. We need to, you know, kind of make our employees feel that this is a theme that matters to us. And she felt like because I was so passionate about theatre and I think as any parent, she was worried about how I'll actually... Because, you know, film may still a parent can feel that something But in theatre, I feel like a parent all the more feels that what is the commercial viability yeah. of doing this? How are you going to earn? Yeah. And she said to me that, you know, you could start by doing corporate plays, yeah. which are around the themes of diversity and inclusion and the first one actually was a play that we did f at her company only and from there on started doing at many other companies which I would wow. say was spread more by word of mouth hmm. uh, but yeah I mean see in my own small way even I've had some help yeah. so I really feel like everybody has some help with whoever can help you yeah. and uh, you have to take what you can and then after that do the best so in film I can definitely say there's nobody who had even the least connection to help me out but in this case to be able to write about what happens inside of an organization you need an insider and to be able to create plays that they can connect with yeah. so when I started it it was a very novel experience for them and it was very new for me also because you know there are theater groups that go and do um, you know kind of nukkar nataks inside mm. of companies mm. there are theater groups that go and do theater workshops for, for, mm. for, for, for corporates but very few that will go and say you know what we'll set up an entire production inside your office We'll set up a stage, light, sound. It'll be like you're watching a play. And mm. if you have an auditorium, even better. We'll create this, we'll create a mini, like whatever, NCPA out of, yeah. your, out yeah. of your company cafeteria. That is what we were trying to do. Mm. Um, and I think it worked really well because through college, I remember I didn't have time to actually do college festival plays and do what people my age would do because I was doing this. Yeah. Um, and it was very interesting. I don't think I had really figured out how to solidify it as a company or as a real job but I was earning so it yeah. was nice to kind of uh, pay my own bills and stuff like that at least at in a pocket 17, money kind oh of way. Oh my god what an accomplishment though. I mean I didn't see it like that you know I think for me it was more like um, it was a way to feel a little more productive. Yeah. 
at that age because I'd also and I personally feel this that the Indian college system for the arts is not very Conducive. rigorous. Yeah. Um, it's just not a very rigorous system. Now we have a lot of great new colleges and I, I've, I've heard that a couple of colleges have gone autonomous and the syllabus has changed. But at least when I went to college, it was, I mean, no offense, not very stimulating. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, I want to go and work outside. That was the whole point of, uh, you know, being in Mumbai, not going abroad to study or not trying to look at any other avenue. So this became a good way to do that and to earn. But I think what I learned along the way, because I was quite a soft-spoken and I think to a large extent, um, very easily intimidated, spaced out, that kind of a person. I think it taught me a lot of confidence, Yeah. Um, you know, to deal with clients, to again, act older than you are. Yeah. Because like you said, right, Johnson & Johnson, if you're dealing with their HR head or you're dealing with, and they were one of them, but you know, now we've worked for like Dell and IBM and the Reliance Group, and we've done so many plays, films, things like that for them. Uh, that over a period of time, it really builds your confidence, I think. And it's very nice to understand a world outside of just film and yeah. theatre, to understand because in these companies is where, you know, I would say 50-60% of this country is. These are the, like... Yeah, 50-60% of your audience also is, Exactly, yeah. right? Regular working class people who go to a job. And how do you entertain them? What is their real level of understanding when it comes to the arts? Like, I remember this funny incident. I went to um, do a play somewhere in Pune for an organization. And someone, we finished the play. And back then, I used to act as well. I used to do a lot of acting in the plays. And after the play was over, I remember a gentleman from the audience came up to me. And he said... Uh, you know, that's the best play I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, this is a bit much. Like, what do you mean is a bit? Because it's like, you know, it's like a 40 minute play or something. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, like, thank you very much. But I was just thinking that was it really that great? And then I was like, uh, so what are the plays have you seen before? He's like, no, this is the first time I'm watching a play. <laughs> and I'm like, see, like there are people like that who at the age of 35, 40 are watching a play for the first time in their yeah. lives. So you really realize that all these uh, delusions of grandeur we have about being artists, you know, you have to simplify it and break it down for the common man to understand. And yeah. that these doing those plays, I still do them. I do them in a much more virtual way now. And I feel like the team has taken over for a lot of it. So I don't get as involved because I'm trying to build a film career. Yeah. But uh, it's very interesting to to deal with them and to, to create art for them. Yeah. It's, it's that. Okay, that's great. And what lies ahead for Priyanka now? What are we looking forward to? We're looking forward to a lot of projects, firstly, that I've shot last year, yeah. that we'll release this year. So okay. I'm excited about that. I've done, um, honestly, post-Devi, getting shorts, getting short film projects was probably the easiest yeah. one for me. So I've done a couple of good short films after that as well, that'll be coming out this year. And uh, I think the next thing that at least I'm looking forward to is my feature. So doing long form uh, films and doing a lot more fiction across mediums. Like, see, I see myself always doing film and doing some amount of theater. Probably film having the heavier, uh, you know, kind of weightage. weightage. But yeah, but theater as well. So there's a lot of that. So there are many releases this year and then a lot more things I'm shooting this year that you will probably see early next year. So there's a lot of that, but I think it will be different to Devi in the sense that I feel like my general style of writing is very slice of life and Devi was of course very charged with a social message. So I feel like I got a lot of offers and people talking to me saying that maybe I should do more work 
of that kind yeah but i feel like there's a lot of messaging you can do even in simple human stories where 100%. it doesn't have to always be about some big overarching theme yeah or some great big message so i did that with devi and i'm proud of it but i'd like to do like other kind of genres now yeah so and be creatively satisfied with just that diversity in your body of work also yeah yeah exactly so i'm looking forward to that and yeah i, I mean i hope people will receive it well of course they will <laughs> i think i think we can just safely assume that yeah i hope so so, so now in between all this and so much that's coming out this year um so much that you're working on this year how does priyanka banerji unwind after hours what do you do to just relax so you know this is an interesting answer because <laughs> what i do for work also helps me unwind which is watching movies hmm. so i don't watch um honestly very cerebral or art house films to unwind it doesn't help me but i will watch something i've watched many times before uh comfort films i think like comfort food so that is there for me um i like spending time with loved ones i think i've reached that age and stage where uh, you age know age now you're very young so <laughs> but you i know. think i've reached that point because i think in my early 20s i was like you know i recharge in solitude and you know i need that and i do need that yeah but i've realized the value of uh, you know people who love you and spending time with them yeah. and like having a laugh with them so i think that recharges me and um, yeah i think that's what i really spend doing after hours because i kind of very naturally stopped drinking or smoking or any of those things so i think now my vices have become few but yeah. it's become more like let's just chill hang my idea yeah. for fun night will be just come home let's chat let's yeah. watch something funny you know yeah. that we've seen 50 times before yeah. that's a that's a good vibe my uh, way of unwinding is watching trash reality <laughs> tv i'm waiting i have right love is blind season 4 oh iconic i have to still watch the reunion but uh, i will get to it whenever yeah. i get some time given that i haven't had much of it recently but uh, priyanka we're going to play one last quick game okay. you know just to kind of loosen up okay it's called red flag green flag okay. so i'm going to tell you a situation uh, and you are going to tell me not a situation more like a trait of a person and you're going to tell me whether that's a red flag or a green flag for you okay okay so um bad mouthing an ex um red flag i think yeah i because, agree um it depends to what extent it also depends because a few exes really are crazy yeah. but i think bad mouthing them is not in good taste because yeah. they would have shared whatever they shared with you yeah. in, in your private space and yeah. if you become the ex some day yeah. well you know now yeah. how they could talk about you so yeah yeah okay so um being insecure about one's physical appearance oh that's a complicated yeah. one I think green flag because you're allowed to feel what yeah. you want to feel but I think future red flag so yeah. work on it if you yeah. can Yeah yeah fair enough gossiping about a common friend Now that one is complicated Yeah <laughs> we've all done it also We've done it yeah. it's technically moral red flag Yeah but I also think gossiping is a human tendency and it's as long as it, it is a bit yeah. fun and as long as it's not malicious and you're not sharing someone's deepest darkest yeah. secrets I think it's okay. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Green flag. Completely. Really? I agree with that. Cuz I think no, I don't mean fake it like be a total, uh, you know, uh, novice and act like you're some expert. I don't mean that. But I think that a lot of opportunities are given to people who just look like they're ready to take it, you know? Mm. And that I saw that a lot in my my work. 
because see my imposter syndrome whatever 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 can be inside my head yeah um i don't need to tell you that you yeah. know and like especially while working like right now in a in a heart to heart i can share it yeah 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 but while working however lost i am i don't sh- i try not to show it on my face cuz it's yeah. just not going to help yeah. and being a director is such a position where people are looking to you yeah and you can't look you're lost you're the captain of the ship no yeah. so so i think you should fake it a little bit yeah uh, but do your homework <laughs> don't yeah. just be like you know what i'm going to arrive and fake it like yeah. that's not the way to deal with it yeah so green flag green flag okay plagiarism in the name of inspired content uh red flag yeah big red flag yeah but i should say and this is something everyone should know that you know there are actually this there is a theory that there are only seven truly original storylines in the world so everything that you yeah. write yeah. is actually derivative or derived from something that's already been made is a mix and mash of something that's already been made so i also think people are quick to call out plagiarism without understanding that creativity is very complex mm-hmm. and two people genuinely can have the same thought and it doesn't mean they've gone and lifted it unless it's lifted in terms of words idea treatment character everything right yeah. then then it's a lift yeah um in which case you should just give credit but i do think that it's a subject that people are especially in right now in, in this cancel culture environment they're a little quick to jump to that conclusion um but it is a red flag like legit plagiarism is a is a red flag yeah 100% being late red flag for me i think yeah it annoys me yeah. but i will give you like a 20 minute buffer yeah sorry i came 30 minutes late no, when we met last okay. <laughs> I, i it also I depends i think it also depends how much i like someone so yeah. it's i do like you so i think that 30 minutes i yeah, yeah. i'll give you 30 minutes chalo great lucky me okay showing up to one's house unannounced <laughs> i think it's a major red flag i couldn't agree more god if someone video calls me unannounced also i'm like you know it feels like an intrusion yeah. of my space don't come to my house without telling me that's really weird i also find birthday surprises a bit like <sighs> agree yeah you sad. know like not everyone likes it like yeah. i'm someone who can legit start crying if i get a jump scare like i yeah. get very scared so i don't think it's pleasant and i i give it a red flag yeah same okay thank you priyanka this was of so course. much fun Yeah, Thank you for doing this. It really this. was. It really was. It was my first time being uh, in front of the camera, so I was very nervous. But I think you made me very comfortable, and I'm very excited to to see how it turns out. It'll be fab. Yeah, great. Thanks. Thank you.